Welcome to episode 14 of Third Heaven Authority Podcast. I'm Mike Thompson. When it comes to spiritual authority, there are many dynamics that are involved in truly walking in and being successful in all of the things of God, everything that he has provided for us, releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth, appropriating all the covenant blessings and promises that God has given unto us. Uh, as the ecclesia of God, you know, enforcing through binding and loosing. We're talking about spiritual warfare. All of these dynamics are very important when it comes to third heaven authority because that is the way that we release the effectiveness of God's power through us. As far as I'm concerned, having a successful, effective prayer life is an absolute necessity. You know, in Ephesians 6:18, Paul, after he talks about putting on the whole armor of God, being effective in this warfare against the enemy, he says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Praying always in every occasion, no matter what the situation, good, bad, indifferent, Always have the ability, the knowledge, the anointing to just take it into prayer. And he says, with all prayer, meaning every manner, there are different kinds of prayer that the Bible teaches on. But I've learned something today that I want to share with you that I call the mysteries of prayer. There is a mystery, and there is a secret key that unlocks those mysteries to us so that we can pray effectively. And I guarantee you, your prayer life will increase dramatically and the effectiveness of it will increase just as dramatically. I'm going to play a clip from a sermon that I taught, a series actually, several years back. And on this clip, you're going to learn that secret key. So I pray, Holy Spirit, now for revelation. Open our ears, impact our hearts, that we can understand those mysteries. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reference. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, the reason I started with that scripture, we're not going to camp there very long. You're not going to hear the typical sermon on prayer from me today. But I did read that scripture because I wanted you to see that the Bible talks a lot about prayer that every believer should pray. In fact, I think that probably every Christian prays. How can you become a Christian if you don't hook up with the Holy Spirit and with God? In some form, you pray. But what I want to know is, are we praying effectively? Is there 
a way that we can pray that actually keeps us in the will of God. That keeps us in a place where the kingdom is constantly being released through us. That we are fulfilling the plans and the purposes of God for our very own lives. Is there a kind of prayer that becomes a navigational course correction? That as we're traveling through life and we run up against all the different things that want to uh, get us off track, one side or the other, that will constantly get us back on course. Is there a kind of prayer that allows us to come to a place to where the kingdom of God is flowing through us unhindered? That signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Spirit are the normal course of our walk. Is there a kind of prayer that keeps us hooked up with the Holy Spirit? That allows us to hear from Him. You know, there are all kinds of different prayers. In fact, that's one of the reasons I read the scripture. It says, exhort first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. He mentions four different kinds of prayer. The Bible says that there are different ways of praying. And so in this sermon today, and I don't even know in the teaching here in the, in the very near future, we've got Brother Augie coming next week. I don't know if I'm going to be able to teach on all the different kinds of prayer. But what I can do and what I want to center on today is to teach you about the kind of prayer that will absolutely make you a powerhouse in the Spirit. It will unleash the power of God flowing through you, and it will also change your life, it'll change your family, it'll begin to change, I mean, it will bulldoze through the obstacles that are in your life, and it will keep you in the center of God's will. I told you that I was going to teach on the mysteries of prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 Beginning with verse 1. Remember, verses 12, I'm sorry, chapters 12, 13, and 14 are talking about spiritualities operating in the spiritual realm, how the Holy Spirit flows through us. He starts off talking about what we would call spiritual gifts in chapter 12. But it's a little bit broader than that. It's functioning in the spiritual realm. And he says in verse 1, chapter 14, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. In the Spirit he speaks mysteries. One more time. In the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. All prayer that is Spirit-led is a vehicle 
for communicating with God, for releasing the kingdom through our life, for strengthening, gaining wisdom and power and overcoming in our life. All prayer accomplishes that. All prayer can be spirit-led. All prayer can be done in faith. But nonetheless, there is a kind of prayer that I find that I operate in, CK operates in, all of the, I would call, peers and faith giants that I respect operate in. And it unleashes that power that we're talking about. You see, he said, in the midst of this teaching, he said that when we speak in a tongue, that we're not speaking to men, but to God. Howbeit in the Spirit, we speak mysteries. Now, we've got to understand something about mysteries. Let me just kind of take a minute to explain to you. The word mystery, the mystery, is used by the Apostle Paul throughout his writings talking about the revelation of God through the Lord Jesus Christ, the saving grace, and the, and the presence of the kingdom that cannot be understood or received by any natural means. It cannot be taught on by natural words without spiritual impetus, without revelation. You cannot see God, touch God, taste God, hear God, smell God with the five physical senses. You can only do it through the spiritual realm. The Bible declares that even the angels of God did not know what the plan of salvation was until God manifested it through the church. That the demons of hell, that Satan himself doesn't understand what is called the mystery. And in the mystery, the manifold mysteries that are at work in that. That in the heart of the Father, in the mind of the Holy Spirit, and through the willing participation in it, the sacrifice of himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, that they began to work the mystery that did not make any sense at all. Salvation doesn't make any sense to the natural man. Can't be understood by the natural man or the man, I should say a man and a woman, through any natural means. The word mystery means revealed secrets. It's something that is hidden. But unlike what we would say a secret that we don't want anybody to know, it is a secret that God wants everyone to know. It is a mystery of how salvation works. It is a mystery of how you can find the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a mystery how the Holy Spirit works and functions and does that in our life. It's a mystery 
of how he leads and he guides us every day of our life after that, if we're willing to listen to him and have learned these truths that I'm talking about and sharing with you today. It's a mystery. But it's a revealed mystery. It was not meant to be kept hidden. But for every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this planet, of any generation, to be able to tap into that secret, tap into not only the mystery of salvation and of the new creation and the new birth and becoming a child of God and bringing the kingdom to this planet, But also, the mystery of who you are in that plan. You as a unique individual, understanding in a way that actually makes sense how that God has already predetermined from the foundation of the world the kind of destiny, the future, the work, the ministry that you would have. That you are not left out. Like C.K. was saying earlier, you're not nameless and faceless. Jesus saw your face flash before his eyes when he hung on the cross. God sees your life. And yet, believers spend so much of their time trying to figure it out. And it's not that trying to figure it out is wrong. It's that they haven't been taught how each and every individual can tap into the mystery and know what they're called to do. And it's not that God shows you everything because he expects us to continually walk by faith, but nonetheless, He reveals our makeup, our calling, our grace, our anointings. And then he gives us the future. He tells us. He places the future. He imprints it in our heart to become a magnetic north, to be a future memory that becomes a past motivating desire that keeps us going. How does he do that? He does that by the presence of the Spirit. But what I'm going to tell you today, I believe it with absolutely everything that is in me. Can you tell? (laughs) It's by praying in tongues. Tiki and I have been doing this for a long time. We have ministered, we have pastored to, we have evangelized, we have preached, we have taught, multiplied thousands of people over these decades. And in our experience, we have met all kinds of people with different attitudes concerning speaking or praying in tongues. Now, you understand the statistics that I give that are very 
good statistics and, and can be verified and proven. I can give you the source on these statistics if anybody wants them. In the year 1906, when the Azusa Street Revival broke out, it was estimated that 2.5% of believers worldwide, Protestant believers, and, and Catholics also, actually spoke in tongues. Now, you're going to hear me talk about speaking in tongues. I'm going to say baptized in the Holy Spirit with a manifestation of speaking in tongues and in some way operating in what we would call charismatic spiritual giftedness. 2.5%. In 100 years, from 1906 to 2006, that number grew to 50%. Right now, today, church statisticians estimate that between 53 to 55% of all Protestant believers alive on the planet speak in tongues, have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and operate in some form of charismatic gifting. They believe in it at least in some way. Whether they do it or not, it's accepted. Right now, between 25 to 30% of all Catholic believers speak in tongues. Now, that's almost, if you take the Protestants, Catholics, you've got it just about an even split. Half of the church that doesn't believe and doesn't practice speaking in tongues lead 20% of all new converts to the Lord. The half that speaks in tongues lead 80% of all new converts to the Lord. That's impressive. There is a fulfillment that comes from being spirit-filled. But nonetheless, what happens is a lot of those spirit-filled believers think that tongues was just given as an initial evidence. I received it. I spoke in tongues in church or when, you know, my next door neighbor Sally laid hands on me and prayed for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I spoke in tongues and I did a couple of shandada de koshile and I speak in tongues. Never practice it. Never do anything about it. Then there are those that say, well, you know, here in 1 Corinthians, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, right over there in chapter 12, verse 30, it says, Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? And, of course, it looks obvious that when he said, Do all speak with tongues? as a question mark. And in, in, in uh, the way that it's all written is that the obvious answer is no. Not all people speak with tongues. So, therefore, see, we shouldn't. Or we don't have to. Or if God wanted me to have tongues, he would have given it to me. You know, kind of like if God wanted me to fly, he'd have given me wings. It's, well, that seems legitimate. And it does. It, it's a legitimate question. It's just that what we have to understand, is that's not at all what Paul was talking about. 
See, tongues is an unlearned language. It's a spontaneous speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is us. The Apostle Paul said that uh, over in chapter 14, verse 14, he says, For if I pray in tongues, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. Why is understanding unfruitful? Only because it doesn't originate in your intellect in a learned language that you have. Doesn't matter how many languages that you may speak. The Holy Spirit speaks them all. The scripture says in chapter 13, verse 1, though I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, it's angelic languages as well as languages of the earth present, also past, and probably future. God can do anything. He's God. We're not. Speaking in tongues is not in the Old Testament. It's entirely of all of the gifts of all the miraculous. It is the singular one that was saved for the church age. Every other one operated in the Old Testament through the lives of people who believed God, whether they be prophet, priest, king, etc. The only time that we even see a cameo of what could be interpreted as a future um, prophecy of tongues is when Belshazzar saw the writing on the wall. The finger of God wrote in a language that he and nobody else in the kingdom knew, and they had to call for Daniel the prophet to interpret it. So that shows us that God has the ability to send messages. But we got to see something. Even that with Belteshazzar, that was God speaking to him. And there was an interpretation of that through the prophet Daniel, because God was speaking to him. In chapter 14, uh, in verse 21, It says, in the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, I will speak to this people. See, there is a form of tongues where God speaks to men. You get that? God speaks to men. And when God speaks to men through tongues, in chapter 12... Verse 10, toward the end, it's called different kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. That's what Paul was saying in verse 30 when he said, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret. The charismatic gift of different or diverse kinds of tongues comes with an interpretation of tongues because it is God speaking to men. It is the charismatic gift. It is not what Paul was saying when he said, if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays. It is not the same thing as when he said, you're not speaking to men, but you're speaking to God. The other kind of tongues is man speaking to God. When it comes from God to man, it is the gift of different or various 
or diverse kinds of tongues, depending on the translation you're reading from, with an interpretation for the Bible says the edification of all. If that message comes forth, then we need to know what it means so that the entire church can be edified and have understanding. And so in that context, Paul says, do all speak with tongues, that charismatic gift. Do all interpret with that charismatic gift and how they operate. He even said in chapter 14, verse 5, he that prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So diverse kinds of tongues with the interpretation of tongues is equivalent to prophecy. They both put forth the revelation. They both tap into the revelatory nature of God and what the Holy Spirit is doing. So if, if you were picking up what I'm laying down, catching what I'm throwing, then what you are hearing is that the Apostle Paul in these three chapters is actually talking about two different kinds of tongues. Now it's as plain as can be to me because I've been operating these things for so many years and studying the scriptures. It just sticks out like a sore thumb, so to speak. But when I first started, I, I couldn't unravel it. It took me a while. I didn't understand that difference between the two different kinds of tongues. That's why recently somebody was, uh, was sharing. I, I, I'll tell you when it was. It was on a Monday night in our Bible study. We were talking about spiritual gifts. And I made the statement. Somebody was talking about speaking in tongues, praying in tongues. And notice Paul goes back and forth between speaking in tongues and praying in tongues through these chapters. And I made the statement. And I said, well, praying in tongues isn't a spiritual gift. And a lot of people in the room, I, I could see the, the looks on their face, the questions. What? In the sense that it's a spirituality and it's given by the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but that's not, it's not one of the charismatic gifts. Praying in tongues is not a charismatic gift. Praying in tongues is a work of the indwelling spirit tapping us into the spiritual vehicle, the revelation of God enabling us to receive and to speak forth and to work out the mysteries of heaven. When I learned that, that's when my whole life changed. Paul himself said in chapter 14, verses 18 and 19, that he spoke in tongues more than all of the Corinthians put together, but not in church. Two different kinds of tongues. 
If he wasn't speaking them in church, where was he speaking them? In his prayer closet. In his personal life. <laughs> the mysteries. The mysterion of God revealed circuit, uh, mysteries, secrets. How do we tap into the spiritual realm and release those mysteries? How do we learn those mysteries? How do we express and through us begin to change our mind and circumstances so that we pray the will of God for us through us? Praying in other tongues. That's the importance. There are different kinds of prayer. I'm not saying this is the only one. But I am telling you, it is the secret. The secret. The first word of knowledge I ever received was while I was praying in tongues. Every major life-changing decision, instruction from God on a course correction, or anything like that was while I was praying in tongues. Michael the archangel appeared to me three times, all three times while I was praying in tongues. When we were in the Grand View two years ago, and he appeared to me, and God told me that, we, that he wanted us here in Las Vegas, it was while I was praying in tongues. I learned how to see, hear, and feel in the Spirit while praying in tongues. I had my first visions while praying in tongues. I gave my first spoken prophecy in a prayer meeting while praying in tongues. I learned those things in the prayer closet. And as that great movie that's out right now calls it, The War Room. Praying in tongues. And then I developed it as it moved out into my public life and public ministry. But it started praying in tongues. So many times I hear things about that tongues is just not that important. I pray in tongues every day. One of my mentors, uh, the guy who actually licensed CK and I into the ministry is a man by the name of Dave Roberson. One of the things that Dave consistently, and great prophet, astounding prophet, taught us in the beginning was the importance of prayer, praying in tongues. And doing it repetitively every day and in fact uh, in the evangelistic association that we started with and, and we're traveling is that you couldn't even be a member of that unless you prayed for in tongues prayed in tongues for at least a couple of hours a day now I didn't mind doing that not because it was a demand 
it was because I very quickly learned the power of it and what he was saying was absolutely right. One of the things that Dave would say is if you came to him and he said, Dave, here's a situation. Whatever's going on, this problem I'm confronting in my ministry or church or personal life or anything else. The first thing he would do is he would say, have you prayed in tongues over it? And then through the course of the conversation, he would probably say, pray yourself into the will of God. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not in full-time ministry like you, and I don't have two or three hours a day to pray in tongues. I understand that. I don't have a problem with that. But do you have 30 minutes? See, a lot of people think that you only pray in tongues when inspiration comes on you. No, you can pray in tongues anytime you want. But how can you do that? Paul said, my spirit prays. People are waiting for the unction of the Holy Spirit and an anointing. That used to be the old Pentecostal way. We used to, oh man, we offended so many. Um, God bless them. But they would get so angry with us because... The anointing didn't come on us, and we were speaking in tongues. We had a prayer meeting every Friday night in my parents' house where we got together and just prayed in tongues for an hour. And the miracles that came out of that, not just in the meeting, but I'm talking about as we went out We had so much fun doing it, we went to the pastor, this was before I went in the ministry, and asked him if we could use the church. And so we got together, and every day that there wasn't an evening meeting in the church, from 6 to 7, a whole group of us just got together and prayed in tongues. Wow. I remember the very first time that I did it. The first time, I mean... I. I went over I, uh, because I was going to teach a Bible study that night and uh, a home group. And so I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to get down here and I'm going to pray for one to two hours and just pray in the Spirit and begin to just draw up the mysteries And I set the, the timer, the clock, for like one hour. And I prayed for what I knew it had to have been at least 45, 50 minutes. I looked at the timer, and five minutes had gone by. Oh, my lands. I prayed some more. And another five minutes went by. And I had been taught by some great men of God 
that when you start praying in tongues, you have to pray through the flesh. So your body doesn't want to do it. Now, I can be there instantly. But first, I had to pray for 30 minutes to get into. You got to start out in the flesh, make yourself do it until you get into the spirit, so to speak, and it starts flowing. Now, that's a good cue for you to tap into that. And then, as I, as I went along, about halfway through that prayer time, it started flowing and flowing and flowing. And I could feel the Spirit of God going. And then suddenly, my right elbow became very tingly, almost just felt numb. And I, I began to shake it off, and I think, what in the world is that, you know? Almost to the point of, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. And then all of a sudden... It dawned on me, what? I wonder if the Holy Spirit is drawing a mystery out and if he is showing me something. Because I was just starting to learn about the gifts of the Spirit and how to do this stuff. And so I said, Lord, if that's you, when I teach the Bible study tonight, bring it back. So that night, and by the way, it went away. For the rest of the prayer time that night, I went, I taught the Bible study, group of people in the living room. When I got to the end, closed my Bible and was getting ready to see if anybody needed prayer. My right elbow got tingly. And so I just mustered up all the strength that I could. And I blurted it out because I thought that's got to be God. I just said, is there anybody in here that's having a problem with your right elbow? And a gentleman just sitting across the living room from me raised his hand. And he said, yes, I'm a piano tuner and I've been in there working all day. And my elbow is just, oh, no, no, it's gone. It's gone. It's healed. I don't have any more pain. Hallelujah. Drawing the mysteries out. Drawing the mysteries out. I got a page full of notes there that I won't be able to get to. I'm going to have to continue teaching on it. Because when you learn the secret of tapping into the mysteries... It dips into the well of salvation, and it begins to bring it out. I remember C.K. and I were just fresh in ministry. Our two sons were little toddlers, and something happened to my bed, to our bed. And I don't remember what it was, something about the frame or whatever where uh, it, it had broken it. it the, the bed... It, seems to me like it was wobbling and I, I don't remember exactly all the details but I went into our bedroom and I laid down on that bed I didn't know what to do and how to fix it in fact I wasn't even really thinking about the bed at the time I just began speaking in other tongues and I just began to just praise God and just speaking 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 in tongues and I'd prayed for probably about 30 minutes and I had a vision. And in the vision, I saw myself get down underneath the bed 
saw what the problem was, saw what I did to fix the problem, and then the vision left. I jumped up and then did exactly what I had seen myself do and fixed it. Yeah. I was praying in tongues on my way to a meeting as part of this evangelistic crusade, this team, when the Holy Spirit spoke to me and I heard these words come out of my own mouth. He said, from this day forward, I'm changing your ministry. And the anointing and the power of God that has been upon you for the healing of human bodies is now going to begin operating for the healing of human hearts. You'll still, now this is me speaking this. I'd never heard of anybody doing that before, but I had two CDs, not CDs, two cassette tapes in my car in those days that I was going to listen to. I'd brought had been given to me, one by Buddy Harrison and one by Oral Roberts. And these words are coming out of my mouth. And he's saying the anointing, uh, he said that, that bodily healing and the power for bodily healing will remain, <coughs> excuse me, but the anointing for healing of human hearts. is going to continue, is going to be released through you. And I tell you what, just like that, the anointing was there. We have a little saying is that when we talk to somebody, and they just begin crying and spill their guts. It doesn't matter who it is, where it's at. And so, I got to this meeting and I preached that night. Miracles, all kinds of stuff. I put the Buddy Harrison cassette tape on when I got back to the motel room that night, and I listened to it. And guess what story he told? He talked about how that he had given that message through himself. The exact same thing that happened to me. I got up the next morning, and driving to the next meeting, I put on the cassette tape from Oral Roberts, and guess what he talked about? And God supernaturally confirmed it. But it was all because I was praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is not a hard, dry thing. Praying in tongues is just moving with the Spirit of God. And what happens is, when you get into the prayer language, remember that it's you speaking to God. It's you revealing mysteries. It's not God speaking to man as in the charismatic gift and revealing mysteries to man. It's you speaking to God, flowing with the Spirit, and releasing those mysteries through you. When people, and you've probably heard me say this, any major problem, I don't care if it's even a small problem, that arises in your life, first thing to do is pray over it. People call me on the phone. They say, Pastor, I need prayer. Have you prayed in tongues over it? Pray in tongues over it. 
Let the wisdom of God come through you. Let the mysteries be revealed. And you'll actually pray yourself into the will of God. Wow. It's amazing. I could go on and on with other stories. And I probably will. Next time, I've got so much that I need to to teach you about. But I want you to at least, let me just kind of pull this all together. Somebody asked me, does it count if you pray in tongues while you're driving? Yes! You can pray in tongues. I was, I was driving on, uh, on the interstate, Interstate 5 in Oregon, driving to a meeting in Salem. It was after dark at night, and praying in tongues, when the Holy Spirit just lifted me up, took me to third heaven, showed me a vision. And when he was through, there I was driving. I negotiated every turn. Praise God. (laughs) So, yes, it counts. The Apostle Paul said that he prayed in tongues more than them all. He said, pray without ceasing. How can you pray without ceasing unless you have the ability to do something? Oh, what a revelation. Does it make sense now how important that praying in tongues is? He gave us a prayer language for a reason. That reason is to release heaven itself into our lives, our family, our nation, our ministries. We owe the world an encounter with God. And how can we truly, effectively fulfill that and what the assignment has been placed on our lives without that mystery, that secret key? So I'm going to pray for you now. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would come upon each and every one. And Lord, that you would, by revelation, by anointing, by empowerment, teach them how to release heaven itself into their lives. If there's anyone that has not received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Lord God, I pray that you would come upon them now. And at this moment, that they would feel the Holy Spirit rising on the inside of them, and they would feel the power of God, and they would take the step in holy boldness now, the same way that they received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to at this moment to just open their mouths and allow the Holy Spirit to fill it. Lord, give them a heavenly prayer language. Give them their own tongue that is not born of their intellect, but it's born of the intellect of the Spirit of God as He prays through them. Teach them how to effectively pray in this manner, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Join me in future episodes as I continue to share from my heart and from my experiences and from God's Word. Subscribe to Third Heaven Authority with Mike Thompson on this podcast network so that you don't ever miss an episode. God bless.